Welcome to Mental Health Conversations, a series of podcasts to help families and faith communities begin conversations on mental health. The goal of these podcasts is to provide education on mental health conditions, invite further conversations through discussion questions, and offer resources for follow-up. This podcast is produced by the Northeastern Minnesota Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America and is funded by a generous grant from the ELCA Disability Ministries, made possible through Always Being Made New, the campaign for the ELCA. The topic for today's podcast is Well-Being, Equipping Ministry Leaders. Today, Katherine Anderson, Coordinator of Youth Ministry for the Northeastern Minnesota Synod, and I are discussing the topic of well-being. Welcome, Katherine. Hi, Joy. It's so good to be here with you today. So to begin the conversation today, I'm wondering about what was the motivation behind beginning these conversations surrounding mental health for the Synod? Yeah. So I work on our synod staff uh, doing youth ministry, faith formation, and leadership development, and I get to have lots of conversations with our congregations and have just noticed, as I think everyone has over the last several years, the increase in the number of young people who are experiencing anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. and in particular in our synod over the last couple of years, the incredibly high rate of young people who are dying by suicide. And as, Mm -hmm. as I've looked at that, it's made me wonder, how do we do youth ministry? And how do we care for young people when they are so um, so walking with these, whether they're diagnosed or not, uh, mm-hmm. with anxiety? And so I knew that we needed to have some conversations around that. And so in the fall of 2018, I, I knew we wanted to have a, an event where we just started talking about what it means for youth ministry and mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I invited you to come mm-hmm. and lead that event. Um, and so why don't you just And what take- an amazing event that ended up being... It was incredible. I think I told you that we maybe would have 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. people coming and we had over 80 ministry leaders from across our synod show up, which really speaks to me of how, how hungry our, our leaders are to have some conversations and to be equipped and resource. And the initiative that we got a grant for to do the podcast and the discussion guides came out of that as well. Yeah. I so enjoyed that day and engaging with people and listening listening to where people were at and what they were encountering and how many questions and how engaged and how interested and, and people, as you said, just really hungry to find out more and, and how can I best equip myself with tools so I can bring these back to my congregation so I can be of service and of help and, and to figure out how to, how to best meet the needs of families and youth in our communities yeah. and our congregations. Yeah. So why don't you share a little bit about what you bring to the table, because you have a wealth of gifts. <laughs> well, thank you. My name is Joy Hensel. I have attended Luther Seminary, where I received an MA in Congregation and Community Care, Faith and Health Ministries. During my unit of CPE, I realized I really was trying to figure out how, how what else could I do to help meet the needs of families and youth and and of the people sitting in the pews at our congregations. And so I decided to attend Hazelden Betty Ford Graduate School of Addiction Studies to learn more about addiction and family systems and co-occurring disorders. Had a great experience at Hazelden and became a licensed alcohol and drug counselor for the state of Minnesota, as well as a board-certified counselor. 
I thought, I want to continue. I want to learn more. So I did some grad work at Adler Graduate School. And then I've also become a mental health first aid instructor. I truly have a desire to be a resource and an educator and a presence to help continue the conversation in our churches about mental health, about addiction, substance use disorders, and how these impact people and how we can best meet their needs, as I said earlier. Yeah, and you have been a gift in our synod uh, with the, what you brought so far. And, and so today, as we talk about mental well-being, before mm-hmm. we get into, into that, I think it's really helpful, and I've appreciated in our conversations, the difference, mental health is just a term that gets thrown around in mm-hmm. our culture, and it gets used interchangeably with mental illness. But I know from you that those are very different. And so can you just talk for a mm-hmm. moment of the difference between mental health and mental illness? Absolutely. And I want to say right before, as soon as people hear the word mental health, there's sort of this pause. What are we going to talk about? What does that mean? Uh, and there's so much stigma that we encounter with me- mental illnesses that even the word mental health makes people stop and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure I want to talk about that, or I don't know even what to talk about. Yeah. And I think that's some of why we're doing this initiative Mm -hmm. is to break down that stigma so that it's not a scary thing right? and that you're not afraid as a parent to walk up to your pastor or youth director saying, hey, my kid is struggling with this. How can you help me? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, I interrupted you. No, that's all right. So mental health, mental health is the foundation for emotions. It's for our thinking, our communicating, how we learn. It's about our resilience and our self-esteem. Um, when I think about mental health, I think of it, it's key to our relationships, our personal and emotional well-being, and then also how we how we contribute to our society or the communities that we're part of. So that's mental health. Mental illnesses. What's different is they're a health condition. So a mental illness. People who are experiencing mental illnesses, they're experiencing health conditions involving changes in their emotions or thinking or behavior or, or most likely a combination of all of those all of those three mental illnesses are more associated with distress or problems functioning in social or work or other family activities so that's yeah. the difference between yeah. those two so would it be fair to say mental health is an all encompassing word mm-hmm. that covers everything and mental illness is a subset of that Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is important. So as we look at mental well-being, mm-hmm. um, one of the things uh, that I have appreciated about mental well-being is that we have some um, ability to to impact that in a positive yeah. way. So we should probably start. Why don't you share a little bit yeah, about just a little what bit is about mental well-being? well-being? Well, and as we talk about mental health, you'll hear a few, some similarities. So mental well-being it describes one's mental state or how an individual is feeling and how that individual is able to cope with the day-to-day, just typical normal day-to-day life. However, mental well-being can and does change. It's, it's pretty fluid. There are a variety of things, as you were saying, that impact our mental well-being. Uh, there's a variety of things. So things from conflict in our relationships or the jobs, our work can impact our mental well-being. Even simple things like how we talk to ourselves, our internal uh, self-talk or external for that matter. If I'm at work and I'm in a meeting 
and I'm sitting there thinking in my head silently, oh, I'm, I'm stupid. I, why am I not talking? Why, why am I not adding more to this conversation? Those negative thoughts, even though they're just in my head, but that's how I'm speaking to myself. And that my, I, I will reflect that negativity in a sense because I, I'm, I'm putting myself down. That can impact our mental well-being as well as if I am talking to myself in my head and I'm thinking, wow, I just gave a great presentation at that meeting. I'm really proud of myself that I had the courage to stand up and do that today. That too impacts our mental well-being, sends us positive messages. I think there are other pieces that also impact our mental well-being that I know that I sometimes forget about, and they're, they're simple, such as sleep. Uh, <laughs> that's a big one. Uh, and other ways that I give myself good care. Uh, what I eat, my nutrition, that impacts my mental well-being. Also, if I'm able to stay physically active, and I don't mean um, – I don't have to run a marathon to stay physically active. Often when mm-hmm. I hear stay physically active, I think, oh, no, I need to go to the gym. or I need, And I simply don't have time for that. Uh, one way that I try to stay physically active is try to get my 10,000 steps in. And that might mean just parking at a different place at the grocery store. So I have to walk a little bit further to get in. But it can often be that simple. But that also, those that physically staying physically active impacts our mental well-being and also our connecting with family and friends, somehow staying connected to some type of community. That might also be our faith community, being mm-hmm. able to take time to nurture our faith, our spirituality, and and to extend on that and really take time to be able to share how I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, or uh, to find opportunities that are safe and empowering and renewing to be able to connect with others and, and really share how I'm doing or what's going on in my life, all those pieces can impact and and hopefully a lot of them can have a positive effect mm-hmm. on our well-being. Mm-hmm. But as we said, there are things that impact it negatively as well, the conflict and those other pieces. But if we're able to stay connected, that helps us sort through all that. Yeah. As I listen to you, I think of young people and how, mm-hmm. you know, you think of the, the internal and external self-talk uh-huh. and all that goes around in their heads and the messages that they're receiving. Right. And, and then on top of that, the sleep and the activity mm-hmm. and how much is expected of them these days. And so how much even more important that we talk as a faith community and as families about our well-being and equip and resource, uh, young people to have those positive impacts, to make choices and, right. and, and do things that will benefit them. Right. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly it. I think that's why we're doing what we're doing and why we gather today to talk about this, to, to start this conversation about how as church do we discuss and find opportunities to tend to our mental well-being. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What else can you share about that, especially with youth and adolescence in that how and how is how we as church can find opportunities i think it's the whole faith community i I mean i think everything that we do about youth ministry is about Mm well-being um in a moment we're going to share uh, some specific steps that we can take and maybe we want to hit those now but i as you listen to these i think 
these are faith practices. These are things mm-hmm. that, that we yeah. have mm-hmm. as part of our liturgy, especially in the Lutheran Church, as part of, of who we are in the rhythm of what it means to be people who follow Jesus, uh, of what we can do. And there's good reason why those have been part of, of what we are. I think it's about stewardship and, mm-hmm. and caring for ourselves and caring for creation. We're mm-hmm. part of creation. Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? And, and how much more important these days um, when there are so many negative messages yes. that as a church, we stand up and look at our young people in the eye, grab them by the face and say, mm-hmm. you are loved mm-hmm. always and forever, no matter what. And then to equip them to, to live that out and to know what their identity is, not according to what the world says, right. but according to what Christ says mm-hmm. and who they are. Yeah. So let's take a moment. There's, as we were putting together the discussion guides, and if you go to our website, nemnsynod.org slash mental health, you can download those. But on the first one, uh, mental well-being, uh, we came across some great studies, some great work that's been done in the United Kingdom and in New Zealand uh, that, that talked about five ways towards mental well-being. And I wonder if we want to just go through those, uh, because I think they are like I said before, it's what I appreciate that so often we feel like we can't do anything. Here are things that we can mm-hmm. do. Um, and I think they're, they're faith practices. So the first one on the list, connect. Uh, say, say more about that one. Sure. I think often it's like, well, how or why or with whom do we connect? And I think even taking time to slow down and to think through that, who are the people who are life-giving to me, who help renew my energy, so some of those people, friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, coaches, youth directors or youth leaders, being able to take time and, and have opportunities to really invest in those relationships and develop those, that's what we are talking about when we are looking at this first C of connect, yeah. connecting with well-being. Well, and especially as church, you know, it's so often said that church is the last place not the last place, the the place mm-hmm. in our society where you have all generations together. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we talk about building friendships for, for young people, which is incredibly important, mm-hmm. but how are they building relationships with those beyond their ages to, to have the wisdom of the elders, the laughter of the young, the little ones, mm-hmm. and everything in between? And so how do we intentionally help them connect um, is is a important part intergenerational mm-hmm. is, is super important yeah so next one be active this is what i was talking about a little bit you don't have to go to the gym or have a certain routine that i have to do this every day however if that's helpful to an individual great uh, make that time happen again it can be simple as going for a walk or uh, taking a bike ride or even playing a game. I know a lot of people play kickball, mm-hmm. and that's a great outlet. And not only are you being physically active, but there's often a lot of laughter mm-hmm. that can come mm-hmm. um, when playing a team sport like that. Mm-hmm. I think of playing games. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at this one, too, and I, I wonder, this is just Catherine wondering yeah. about it, you know, are young people now 
tend to be, for the most part, tend to be pretty active, but they're active in really structured mm-hmm. sports or activities that, that have a box around them. And it almost becomes work. And I, and instead I love play instead of play yeah. and laughter. And I think youth ministry is fabulous as we always start with games yeah. or hopefully we play a lot of games. <laughs> I play a lot of games when I'm with kids. Uh, then there's purpose behind that. It's mm-hmm. not just, right. it's not wasted time. It's not filler stuff. It, no. It's vitally important for the laughter, for the mm-hmm. activity of just being. But that's um, also connecting, connecting right, with your community right. when you have that time to play together. Yeah, yeah. I think also, what 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 do we feel like after we get that time to play, especially after a really full day at school or when the day is super scheduled and I have this and that and this mm-hmm. and that, to be able to have that opportunity to laugh, to run around, uh, there's a different response that, again, impacts our mental well-being because our body even relaxes mm-hmm, differently mm-hmm. when we can move it and 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 smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it helps us, too. I think of, of um, there's so much research out now, too, of how it, it mm-hmm. helps in learning that schools should yes. be stopping every 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. for sure and doing something because it engages a different part of your brain. So it even helps right. with learning. And that's a good segue because our next piece is to keep learning. Learning new skills can really give, at least for me, I know it gives me this this feeling that I really achieved something. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, I mm-hmm. learned something new today. And it also gives me confidence. I, it, it kind of pumps up my self-esteem when I think, oh, I, I didn't think I could water ski. And hey, I got up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, mm-hmm. and I got going. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of different ways that churches could and do offer opportunities for, again, a variety of ages to be learning mm-hmm. to whether it be uh you know a class or something that churches lead but also maybe it's a cooking class mm-hmm. i had some friends and and they were taught how to make sushi at their church mm-hmm. what a neat opportunity for families and people to come together to learn something new mm-hmm. uh, the one i always think about and i hear so many stories of this are when you've got the quilting groups at mm-hmm. church yes. and then and young people coming and wanting to learn quilting and then and it's you're doing stuff with your hands oh. and you're learning a skill but you're also sharing stories And so again, the connecting, you're also Uh active. Uh It's all these things are so, so interconnected. And that is another good segue to what comes next, and it's giving to others. I think when I hear about giving to others, um, I think, oh, I don't have time, or I don't have energy, Mm -hmm. or I feel like that might be a big expectation that I really have to do something. But that's not that doesn't that's not what we mean by give to others in this situation uh this this might be a small act like a smile mm-hmm. or maybe even taking time just to pause um, and to do active listening i don't mean the type of listening when i pick up my my child from school and we're in between and we're quick i'm asking how the day is that's important however what's really important is sitting down the eye contact the really being present and listening and and Giving to others can be as simple as taking and making that safe, sacred space mm-hmm. to be present mm-hmm. and truly open to hearing what's going on in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think for for young people, too, whenever you give to others, it helps get you out of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you think of how mission trips are so impactful for, for youth and, well, all ages for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of it is that, that you're 
bolstering up your well-being as you're giving to others. You're you're connecting with others. You're being active. You're doing all those things, uh, but you're serving and paying attention to the world around you. I think another piece about giving to others is the concept of gratitude mm-hmm. and being able to uh, say thank you or to give kind words or embrace gratefulness. I guess mm-hmm. when I think about mm-hmm. this topic, that that falls underneath that area for me as well. And whether it be, even though we might be giving to, to others by volunteering, let's say, there's still gratitude in this opportunity that, mm-hmm. that I get something from, mm-hmm. from this volunteer work as mm-hmm. well. So the last one is take notice or mm-hmm. be mindful is another mm-hmm. way that one of the, the papers has shared it. Say more about that. When we think about being mindful, to me, what that means is taking a moment to really be present, to be aware of what's going on around me, uh, but not just around me, to be aware of what's going on in me as mm-hmm. well, in my thoughts, in my feelings, in my body, and the world around me. We sometimes call this awareness, as you said, mindfulness, but I also really like the idea of just taking notice, taking notice uh, it seems simple to me to be able to just slow down and I can take notice by taking a deep breath. In a world that I find to be very full, and I'm going to use the word busy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so busy. Uh, just to be able to take a moment to slow down, be aware of my breath, and to take a deep breath I think can positively change how I'm feeling about a situation or how I'm feeling about a moment. Um, and I, and it's helpful to remember that sometimes that's all we need, that breath, to be able to move forward and get, do what we need to take that next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when it's always good stuff. Yes. You know, at that's our, it's important. It mm-hmm. is. At our events, I always talk about, we, we take time and we call it family time where mm-hmm. congregations sit down. And I, when I talk to our adult leaders, I say, you know, middle school gathering, it's this high energy, all f- mostly fun, uh, learning on all these different things. But if we don't stop in the midst right. of it, they're not going to be able to name what they are experiencing mm-hmm. and learning as part of that. I also think, and I've had more conversations this summer than probably ever before, at, yeah. at training camp, we mm-hmm. do a solitude time. It's midway through the week. So Sometimes it's just for Catherine to have an hour of quiet as well. But it's the most favorite part of the week for our, our kids. And they always come back so deeply appreciative of that time. And you would think, you know, they're tired by that time of the week. You would think that they would go off and sleep, but they don't. They, they notice the things that are around them and they, they, they talk about how they just don't have time to be and to be present. And I've heard that not just from my camp, but from different places as well. And, and part of it is they don't have their phones. Uh-huh. They don't have distractions of television right. and friends around them and, and space. And there, there's so little opportunity in our world and our culture right now. To, to be unplug. to unplug yeah. and to be by yourself and to learn that it's okay to be to by be. yourself, which I think is really powerful as well. Mm-hmm. What a great opportunity for the youth who are at that training. Yeah. Do yeah. they ever share? Do they ever have? Have they ever encountered solitude time? 
many of them not. Mm. Yeah. And what I think with that too, you know, as long as I, I know people always bring up phones as a uh-huh. as an issue, and and they are, um, they're not a. a culprit. They're not, you know, when we talk about the increase in anxiety and depression, I think there's so many different factors that that weigh into that. Um, but with the solitude piece of it, mm-hmm. what I have noticed, I've started taking phones away from our leadership kids and, and, and different piece. And there's such appreciation about that. They miss them by the end of the week. They never forget them, even though I forget that they're locked up somewhere and, but they always go home with them. But they, they need us to be the adults to say, this mm-hmm. is time away. And, and, and I have, I have thought more seriously about that of, of how do we, how do we be the adults to help create that space within the midst of their busy lives and crazy lives to be able to have time to just be. And what's so great about that is, you can explore and talk through why the phone is going to be put away. And yet they also know that they're in a safe space. So if they still mm-hmm. need to contact someone, if if they're concerned about something, they know that they can go get their phone mm-hmm. or that they can make a phone call. But they are also nurturing the relationships with the people mm-hmm. there and being connected so that instead of having to go on Facebook or Instagram or to take pictures or to call a friend, they can talk with someone who is mm-hmm. present with them yeah. and connect with people right there. Yep, a different way of connection. Mm-hmm. As we close this conversation, what are some things that would be helpful to ministry leaders to know about mental well-being? You know, like I said at the beginning, again, these are faith practices. Yes. And these are things that as faith practices, we can name them that way. That's the one thing the faith community has, mm-hmm. that we can incorporate them into all of our programming and all of our teaching. You know, how are we being intentional about making sure that our young people are being connected to all generations, mm-hmm. to each other for sure, because mm-hmm. relationships with adolescents are incredibly important, but also with the older generation, with younger generation and, and everything in between. How are we helping them be active? How are we helping them play games and, mm-hmm. and using those as tools? Right. and not just filler filler kind of stuff. How are we helping them really engage in learning um, that is um, that's not just opening up their brains and inputting a whole bunch of information, mm-hmm. but helping them to ask questions and wonder about what God is up to in their lives and in their in their world. And slow them down to teach them things like how do we take a deep breath? Right, right. And why is it important? to drink water instead of this pop or the soda, you know, or, or having healthy food, even at, at a youth group gathering mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. being intentional about the choices that we make, even though it might be a little bit more expensive or something, but to, to engage in the community or to connect with others to say, Hey, I'll bring this today. Or I, I love to make homemade apple pie. And can I bring that? And could we have a treat together just to nurture to know that that's actually part of learning too, how to uh, to give good care to our bodies. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm I am such a a stickler as as the adults in our synod know about <laughs> me of answering the question why. Mm. And I think especially as you're working with older adolescents, mm-hmm. explaining why we're talking about this stuff sure. and why it's important in their in their lives. You know, I, I really believe our call is to equip mm-hmm. young people for a life of faith, of transformative mm-hmm. faith, that they are following Jesus 
in all aspects of their life, that it's not just about Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but what does this mean throughout their, their entire lives? And I think that makes a difference for them if they're understanding that this faith, the stuff that we're doing impacts mm-hmm. all of us. Right. And so as we're equipping them with tools for well-being, naming them as faith practices, naming them that they, they help our mental well-being, I think that will make a difference as well. I think the other thing that mm-hmm. I, I, for ministry leaders that's important is that we can be aware of these different parts that are part of our well-being and paying attention to our young people that are in our midst and noticing the ones that are not connecting, no matter how much we help them do that. We're noticing the ones that will just sit there, no matter how much we try to invite them to play into games. Mm-hmm. We're noticing those that that aren't serving or or, or being mindful or, or doing any of those pieces and paying attention to wondering, you know, first of all, instead of jumping to, well, they're just being rebellious, they're just being whatever. Is there a deeper reason for that? And having conversation, what's going on in your lives and having a conversation with them, having a conversation with parents. We always need to make sure that parents are part of that whole conversation and then walking with our, our young people and families if they need deeper help mm-hmm. and knowing that it's not our job. Our right. job is to notice right. and, and to wonder and to, to engage a conversation. conversation. Mm-hmm. But then our job is to be a bridge to resources of how do we, how do we find the resources in our communities or beyond that will help our young people get the help that they need working with the family, not doing that independently as well. So do you have anything to, to add? I think having that boundary and knowing the boundary as a ministry leader that I have this opportunity to be present with people throughout challenging times. I get to be the person who can notice something and maybe say it differently than a coach or a parent or someone mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just reiterating what you said, engaging those conversations and not being afraid that when someone notices something to not be afraid to not use your voice, to use your voice mm-hmm. to say, this doesn't seem right to me because you might be the person or, or that ministry leader might be the person that notices that nobody else has, has seen that adolescent, mm-hmm. that youth in that um, situation before. Uh, and you know what? It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, Hey, I'm concerned about you, but then to be able to let go of that and have them get the help that they mm-hmm. need from a professional a mental health professional, a doctor, whoever that may be. It's hard to let go of that. But I think the gift of the ministry leader is that unlike a therapist, unlike a doctor, they can follow up. Mm-hmm, they can mm-hmm. they can be there. And what a gift for that family and that youth to be able their youth leader is still going to show up yeah. even after treatment, even after what therapy, even no matter what, that youth leader is still going to show up and engage the conversations and check in and be present with them in what comes next. Yeah. And that's hard. Yep. It is very hard. We hold such a privileged role in the mm-hmm. lives of young people and, and it's, it's tricky mm-hmm. to, to maintain. It's a com- delicate balance. It's a yeah. delicate balance of, yeah. of having com- confidentiality of when to share, mm-hmm. when not to share, but knowing that we are not their therapist. Right. We are their, whether we're a pastor or youth director, volunteer, we are someone who walks this journey with them. And, mm-hmm. and part of that journey is not to keep them in our lives, but to launch them into a healthy mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. the most caring thing we can most often do, especially 
especially if there is are issues that they need to deal with, right. is to get them the help that they and need. And that's also role modeling good well-being and good mental health when we're able to have those boundaries mm-hmm. and when we are able to say, this is not mine. I will be present with you. I still support and love and will pray for you. Uh, but I can't. I can't. But I know who can. Yes. And yeah. that's the ho- that's also the hope piece. Like yep. that this person is supporting me and encouraging me, empowering me to get that hope that I need mm-hmm. so that we can get I can get back to to the to who that individual is. Mm-hmm. Yep. To a healthy state of well being. Yeah. The last thing I want to just add for for our ministry leaders is is a huge thank you. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of that privileged role of what you do is so incredibly important and makes a difference in the lives of young people in ways that you may never, ever see. Uh, but know and trust that the Spirit is at work in mm-hmm. you and through you and will be walking with that young person. And you have the ability uh, to equip them and give yeah. them a foundation that is beyond us, mm-hmm. that 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 pulls in. God and the spirit and, and life giving transformation. So thank you for walking with these young people and making a difference, making a difference. Most certainly. Yeah. Well, thank you, joy for this conversation today. Thank you for joining mental health conversations, a ministry of the Northeastern Minnesota Synod youth ministry and mental health initiative. These podcasts are an educational resource for parents and ministry leaders and are intended as a first step to begin conversations on mental health. The information provided here is not complete and does not cover all issues related to mental health. These podcasts should never replace the advice of a skilled mental health professional. Always seek the advice of a mental health professional or other qualified health provider for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment if you suspect you or someone you know has a mental illness or mental health condition. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911 immediately. If you are having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-8255 to talk with a trained counselor.